mistaken, to uh, just do whatever we can to reach into our community and reach into our nation and reach into our world. So Crops for Christ is a, is a mission that really takes this idea, we're going to invest seed into the ground and then we're going to let it nurture and grow and then when it's harvested, we're going to sell it to get dollars that we can give away. This idea that when we invest, that God multiplies and then we can give it to other people. So this uh, newsletter is to give you a picture of what Crops for Christ is. There are two ways you can help uh, with us in Crops for Christ. If you uh, want to help financially, we make a commitment as a church to give about $6,000 or so to this mission and this ministry. And, uh, and then we turn around and give all the money away. And uh, so we make it part of our general dollars, part of our missions budget to give. If you want to help cover some of those costs and you feel like this is something God's calling you to invest into, then you're more than welcome to do so. You can put it on the offering envelope, just mark it Crops for Christ, and we'll transfer the money through that way. And the other thing which is important, just like we called the church to prayer for uh, dreams, is to pray that God would provide uh, a great growing season, that the seed would be... uh, good seed and that it would be that would grow well it would yield a good crop we pray for the harvest we pray for the missionaries that we're going to invest these dollars too so there's a few things like i said that you can do you can give financially you can give in your time in prayer whatever you feel god's leading you to do we encourage you to do and we are excited to partner and to prepare for what god wants for us to do with these dollars in 2016 so if you have any other questions, kind of a quick highlight, you can read through there. If you have any other questions, you can ask me. But this whole idea, this whole mission, the heart behind it is how can we sow into the kingdom? And how can we expand the kingdom? And what can we do to reach and to care and to give to other missionaries that are doing work across, like I said, whether it's locally, globally, nationally, or globally? And, uh, and it's this idea, we're going to give, we're going to put seed in the ground and believe that God's going to bring an incredible harvest. That brings me to where we're going to go this morning. There's this principle that God gives us in Scripture. So if you want to get your insert out to fill in the blanks, we're going to walk through that. There's this principle, and it's this unchangeable principle that God gives us, and it's called the seasons of life cycle. As we read in the book of Genesis, we get this picture after Noah and the flood that God promises to Noah and to his sons that there will always be seasons. There will always be seasons in in the, the natural, but there will always be seasons in life. It becomes this unchangeable principle that we have seasons. We read this in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. It says, as long as the earth remains... There will be planting and harvesting, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. In the New King James translation, it says it this way. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. That there will always be seasons in our culture and in our, I guess not really our culture, but our location, we get four seasons. I love all of our seasons. I'm hopeful that winter is always shorter than the rest of the seasons, like many of us are. 
But I, I love that we have four seasons. We get to see all of the change. And there's, there's this cycle of life, seasons of lifestyle, lifestyle and it, it, it affects us in, in a natural sense, but it affects us in a spiritual sense. That there's a promise that God made, that there will be seasons in your life. There will be time to sow and to invest. There'll be time to wait. There'll be time to harvest. And there'll be time of blah, winter. I am glad that winter is behind us. In fact, if we look at the four seasons that we have in this life cycle, we have this winter, which is this dormancy season. It's like everything's dead. Nothing's existing. It's... Well, snowy and cold. And this year was a great winter. I mean, we really can't complain about the winter that we had compared to the last two. Nobody told me when I moved to northern Ontario that the winters were anything like the last two, the two before this one, the previous two, my first two winters. It's like this dormancy, this this season where it's dead. In fact, I wrote an article in our memo last month about this winter blah this uh we're in this season and winter is so overwhelming and sometimes painful and and cold and and dark days and and we never feel like we're going to get out of it but the beauty of the promise that god made with noah is that there's seasons and there's seasons of life cycle there's seasons of in the natural and the spiritual and and that there is this winter which is dormancy but there's spring that's coming and with spring is sowing. It's new life. It's, it's the budding on the trees. It's the, the plants that are making their way just starting as we sowed them into the ground. They maybe start to grow just a little bit. Spring, it's something good is about to happen. That it's this exciting time of year where we get rid of our winter coats and we get rid of the cabin fever and we're all outside and enjoying the beautiful weather like yesterday it's springtime it's sowing time it's time to prepare our yards it's time to prepare our homes it's time to clean out the closets it's time to get everything ready naturally and spiritually well with spring moves us into uh what every child in school loves to hear the word summer which is the growing time. Summer, which is growing time, where, where everything starts to grow and, and uh, kids are excited because they don't have to study anymore and they get the summer break. and It's this great time, a season. It's where everything starts to grow and, and we really start to begin the process to see, I'm going to see something come back from what I've invested in or what I've sown in or what seeds I've put in the ground. I'm going to start to see them back. And then in the fall, we get our harvest where we get to pull off what we've invested into the ground. And then like the promise goes on, we get winter. But then spring comes. Then summer comes and fall comes and then we get winter and and it's a season of life and it's not bad it's good and it's good for us in a lot of ways and what i want to take this morning is some time and to walk through three simple process this three pieces or three process to this idea that paul that uh, god promised us in genesis this seed the time 
and the harvest. To break it into three components and how it works for us here and now in our lives, naturally and spiritually. So let's, uh, let's, let's dig right into this. Seed time and harvest. Winter's dormancy. Spring is sowing. Summer is growing time. And the harvest is the fall. There's always a process to go through. So the first part we want to look at is this. What does it mean to have seed? And seed is the spreading time, the the process. When we're going to start investing and pouring that seed into the ground. And I know that many of our farmers are excited for the ground to dry up and the time to get in the field to happen. And uh, we're praying that God would continue uh, continue to dry the land and continue to... Uh, Give us a great season again like he did last year. Seeds can look like a multitude of things. Different seeds look like different things. In scripture, one of the most common pictures of the seed that Jesus talks about is when he's talking in his parables, which represent the word of God or the kingdom of heaven. In Luke chapter 13, verses 18 and 19, Jesus says these words. Then Jesus said, What? Is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed planted in a garden. It grows and becomes like a tree. And the birds come and find shelter among its branches. This picture of the seed that Jesus is talking about is the kingdom. How it's expanding, how it starts with a little seed, a little plant in a heart which then grows or the kingdom of God or the word of God, how it reveals life to us. Seeds in this context in which Jesus is talking about is good seed or seeds often referred to at times as seeds of faith. But like everything, there's a good seed and, and Jesus kind of talks about there's a bad seed as well. That there can be bad seeds, seeds of doubt or seeds of discord. That there could be bad seed amongst good seed as he talks about in other parables. Seeds, as Jesus talks, represents the word of God, the kingdom of heaven. But there's also another thing that seeds can be about. Seeds can represent activities dreams or plans every one of us has these seeds planted within us that that if we take time to nurture them if we allow them to to uh to grow that that we can see things differently we all have dreams of some sorts we all have goals or plans that god places in our hearts sometimes we don't realize them and or recognize them But the seed is the time to spread. It's when we we begin to open up our hearts to allow maybe God to speak into them. The neat thing about seeds is they have humble beginnings, but powerful ends. Right? You hold seeds in your hand. I'm not a a farmer. Um, I don't even claim to be good at... Um, caring for vegetables or I let my wife take care of that. Well, you put seeds in your hand and they're so small and seemingly insignificant. They don't look anything like what is going to come out. And when I put some hot pepper seeds in my hand, 
They look nothing like the hot peppers that I want to eat. They're these small little seeds. Yet they have powerful ends when they've matured and grown. They have these humble beginnings. They're just these little little seeds, these little things. And sometimes we have trouble envisioning what it could actually look like. How could the acorn actually turn into the tree? These humble beginnings, yet powerful ends. How, how, as Jesus talks about this mustard seed, have you ever seen a mustard seed? It's so small. And yet it becomes a tree, a great tree that provides shelter and protection, that provides a home for the birds and shelter. Humble beginnings, yet powerful ends. And we have to plant these seeds. And whether they're, they're, they're seeds in, in, in we plant in people's hearts with the Word of God. And it starts off as maybe something that they don't understand. But God has a way to work it within them. That it grows into this, I need more. Or maybe it's the dream. God plants a seed in your heart. And you have no idea what, how that could look. But you know that God's planted it in your heart to do. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Humble beginnings, powerful ends. I had a, a young student going into grade nine when I was in my first church pastoring on my own. The student was a very young age, had a heart to learn music. He picked up the piano when he was very young. God just kind of, I just want to learn how to play music. This humble beginning of, you know, that, what's the first tune everyone, do, 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 you know, whatever it is. The tune that everyone learns first. Fast forward the clock, 15 years, and he's leading worship at one of, a large church, one of our large churches in British Columbia. Humble beginnings, yet powerful ends. When we plant the seed, that looks so insignificant. The same young man was learning to play keyboard and all our leaders left. And I may have shared this story before. All our leaders left. And I looked at him and I said, I think you can lead worship for us. He says, no, I can't. I said, just do it. He led worship for us. Like I said, now he's leading worship elsewhere. But God has a way of nurturing and growing these seeds, but we have to be willing to spread them. If you're willing to spread them, look at, not to center you out, Jer, but love music. There was a need to lead music, and so he picked up a guitar, learned how to play the guitar, new bass guitar, learned how to play guitar, and now he's an important piece in our worship services, leading us into the presence of God. Simple seats, humble beginnings, yet powerful ends, incredible ways that they can work. First Corinthians chapter 15 says, what a foolish question, Paul says. What a foolish question. When you put a seed in the ground, it doesn't grow until a plant, into a plant, unless it, unless it first dies. And what you put in the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. That is not, doesn't look like what you're getting. It has this humble beginning. But when God does the work, it creates this incredible, powerful end. The seeding process is time to 
spread and time to pour out those seeds. It's time to allow those seeds to drop into your heart that they can bring change and transformation. In fact, proper seed planted in proper ground. Proper seed planted in proper ground under proper conditions produce a prosperous harvest. I'll read that again. Proper seed planted in proper ground under proper conditions produce a prosperous harvest. Seeds, humble beginnings, powerful ends. In fact, it takes faith to begin the process. It takes faith, one, that the seed that you're looking at is going to turn into what you're hoping to get. It takes faith to put that seed in the ground or in your heart or wherever it is when you have no control over it. It takes faith to believe as we move into the next piece that the time will produce what it's supposed to produce. Seed, the spreading process. Now, time, this is the one that no one likes. This is the one that I hate the most. I I have no problem with the seed and get me right to the harvest. But in the middle of that, there's time. Time is the long process. Time. 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 When you plant the seed, you then have to wait. There's time. And if you're anything like me, what kind of time? How long? Can you tell me? My son, uh, I believe it was last year, it might have been the year before, their class planted beans, a bean seed, in a plastic cup, and they grew it. Well, ask a kid how long it takes to see something. Forever! Jacob would come home and they'd just run back, you know, the next day at school, I'm sure. I know my son would be like, he'd run in and he'd look at the cup. There's nothing. And they'd probably ask the teacher, when are we going to start seeing something? Because we don't see anything while the seed's in the ground. And that time, from the time we plant it to the time we harvest it, that, that space, that gap, is like, oh, forever. Ask the 15-year-old who's eagerly awaiting his driver's license. Ask the child who goes to bed at 7 on Christmas Eve and wakes up at midnight and says, is it Christmas morning yet? No. How much longer? Just go to bed. Or ask the expecting mom in her third trimester, late, when the child's going to come. Or if they're overdue. Any time now. Time is long. We can never really know how long the time's going to be. The only thing that we know for sure is that it's too long. Could it be quicker? Maybe it's just me. Hopefully some of you understand what I feel like. You know, I, I just want to put the vegetable, the hot pepper seed in the ground. I want to turn away 
I want to go sit on my couch and come back in five minutes and eat the hot pepper off the, off the plant. It's not going to happen. There's this time, and this time is a, a long process. Usually during the time period, usually during the gap, during the wait, there is pain and pressure. As that seed is planted in our heart or in the ground, there's this darkness, there's this pain, there's this pressure. And and I don't mean that it's a bad thing. It's just part of the process. We feel it because we're awaiting the sprout of the seed. Yet God is stirring or preparing something in us, even though we don't really understand. Let me give you an example. My own life, in 2012... October of 2012, the harvest season, right? October 2012, a good friend of mine texted me on a Sunday morning. And he sent me a text message, and the text message read this. Get your resume ready, my senior pastor just resigned. I was a youth pastor in Cambridge, and God was doing some awesome things in our youth ministry. We had just been through this painful season, uh, me personally, about... Uh, this winter season, I had just been through this winter season, that it was, you know, we made changes in the ministry, we did this, we did that, everything just seemed to be collapsing on me, yet it was God doing something within me, I get that now. Everything was, was awesome, youth ministry was going great, youth program was going awesome, and he sends me this message, get your resume ready, my senior pastor just resigned. It was just a harmless, sarcastic text that he was sending to me. But over the next couple of days, it was like a seed that was planted in my heart. That God began to plant something within me. I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't asking for it. I was happy. I was content. I was enjoying what we were doing. And then over the next few weeks, I walked through the pressures and the pain of managing. Is this from God? Or is this me? Could I actually do this? Is this what God wants me to do? I met with our district superintendent. And over the conversation, I knew that God was calling me into this new season of ministry. Yet, I had no idea where, what, or how. After that, we had to put together our resume and we had to send it out. And let me tell you this, it is a long, painful process. And if you've ever applied for a job, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's long and painful. You don't know if you're going to get a phone call. You don't know who's got your resume unless you've sent it directly to them. The way that works within our fellowship is we give it to our, our district office and they distribute it. from. You have no idea what's going on. It's dark. It's lonely. It's painful, but not in a bad way. It's painful because we want to see the end result and we're in the middle of it during the time. Then you start feeling phone calls or you go for interviews and it's this painful process as you start to put yourself in places where you go and you sit down and you say, oh, I could maybe be here or oh, I could maybe be there. And, and all the while you're still trying to wrestle through it and the worst part is you're doing it on your own. You're lonely. And the time, that gap between the plant to the harvest, that time is long and there's pain and there's pressure. But in all of it, God is working something out within you. He's stirring and preparing you for the harvest so that you're ready to step into whatever it is that he's calling you to. Yet it's still painful. In fact, we go through all of this 
We struggle through it. We wrestle through it. We, we want it to end. It's lonely. It's long. It just seems to be out of control. And yet the best part is that God is in complete control. That God is actually in complete control. 1 Corinthians, after we read about this picture of the seed, that it must die first, and that what you put in the ground is not the plant you will grow, but only the bare seed of wheat or whatever you're planting. The very next verse says, Then God, isn't that great? Then God gives the new body He wants it to have. So, God's in control the whole time. Yet we're sitting there going, it's too long. I just want it to end. Because we think we see the picture of what it's supposed to look like. Yet God plants the seed and the seed is not necessarily, it doesn't look like what you're going to get. Yet God plants the seed and as it grows over time, God has a new body or has the right fit or has the proper picture of what it looks like. And he gives it a new body, Scripture says, Paul says, then God, then God. It, the seed is only, is only the seed. It's not necessarily what it's going to look like, but it must die first and then it grows. Then God gives it the new body he wants it to have. So here I am in this time process. And I want it to end for me. But God was stirring in me. God was preparing me. God was, was in, that, in that dark space, not bad space, dark space like the seed in the soil. God was preparing my heart. God was working things out for me. God knew in advance what it was going to look like. And I was through this time process so that when it was time, when I was ready, that God would provide. And that's like in our lives with our dreams, with our seed with our plans, our activities, whatever it is, the Word of God speaks life. And there's this time where it's growing within us and then all of a sudden, it starts to explode. God has not given up on that seed. In fact, He knows what it's going to look like and during the time process, He is preparing you so you will be ready to flourish but often what happens in the time is we quit or we give up if you're in that season if you're in that time space i'd encourage you with this refuse to give up refuse 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 to give up until you receive your harvest because that time is that process in which God is doing something within your heart, within you, within whatever it is. I mean, this, this applies to all aspects of our life. That we seed, we drop the seed, we spread it, and then there's this waiting, the time. Even though it seems long, it seems forever, God is in control. Refuse to give up until you receive your harvest. You see, the seed is the spreading time. The time is the long painful process but after that comes the harvest which is the return or the pitcher or the end now we need to continually remind ourselves that we do not do anything to bring about the harvest we don't grow the plant we see 
plant the seed. We may water it. We do some care. But we have no control about that seed as it's growing during that time. Or if we look at the harvest in the picture that we often see in Scripture of, you know, when Jesus says the harvest is plenty but the workers are few, that the harvest is that of, of the, the, the lives, the souls of those to know Jesus Christ. That we don't save anyone. That God does all the work. The process in the harvest, as Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, is, is that the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he is asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows. But he does not understand how it happens. See, we don't do anything. God is doing something. The earth produces the crop on its own. The first leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of the wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. As soon as the grain is ready, the far, it says, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. God makes things grow. During that time process, God is making things grow. And at the harvest, we get the opportunity, we get the privilege, we get the, 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 to be a part of the harvest, the return. But we didn't do anything. God has done it all. I had a, a young guy in my youth ministry when I got to Cambridge... He was helping out with a lot of different areas. And he was working with our students and starting Bible college and, and doing online studies. And I got the chance to mentor him. And, uh, and I'll say this, he's a fantastic young pastor. Going to be an incredible pastor in the future. Has a heart, servant's heart. Incredible young man. And I'll say this. I really had nothing to do with it. I got the chance to mentor him, but there were people who had invested seed, there were people who had invested time, and I just got the opportunity to be on the tail end, to see him grow and to flourish and to be able to push him off into ministry, but I didn't do anything. There are seasons in our life where we get the harvest, but we didn't do anything. God grew the seed. God puts us in the place where we see the dream or the vision or the seed come to life and fruition. And we just get the opportunity to walk in it, to harvest it. See, the seed, the seed is about spreading. The time is that long process where God is in control. And even though there's pain and pressure, He's making something happen. And then we get the harvest where we get to see the return. So here's what I would challenge you with this morning, friends. Never stop spreading seed. Never stop spreading seed. Galatians 6, chapter 6, verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. We don't give up. God puts dreams in our hearts, seeds. And those seeds need time to grow. And then at the right time, we harvest the seed. I'm going to close with this worship team if you want to come. This story I read on, 
online and studying, and it was just powerful. A sobbing little girl stood near a small church from which she had been turned away from because it was too crowded. 